3: We're now entering a critical thinking zone, so thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins, and it's time for Critical Thinking. Well, it is a good Truth or Fiction Tuesday. At least I hope it will be a good Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Hope everybody's having a good day. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins Padoni alongside you for the next hour, whether that's on Mojo50 Radio or you're listening via podcast or rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Now, before we get into the heart of today's show, which is always truth or fiction on Tuesdays, um yeah, I gotta let you know. Yes, I know yesterday's show is not up on the Rumble page. Not my fault. <laughs> It's stuck in the ether of Rumble's uh, encoding software, so <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm working behind the scenes to get it back up and, and going, but uh, either way, you might get a double dose on the Rumble page today of the show, so if you want to see yesterday's show, you can do that, but again, you can always download the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and if we're not there, let us know, and we'll add ourselves to the podcasting platform, of course, you can always listen on Mojo50 Radio, but the podcast and the show actually drop at noon Eastern time every single Monday through Friday. So if you want to listen throughout your workday, you can do so. Or listen on your way home on Mojo Five O Radio. Again, that's Mojo50 Radio, iHeartRadio Spreaker, or Mojo50.com. Um, now, Mr. Padoni, um, we're gonna do something up front here that we have not done in a while on the show. So, uh, are you holding onto your chair? Um, do I need to hold onto my
1: chair? Maybe. Okay. Okay. Holding on.
3: That's right, we're going by the numbers. In fact, we even have to change up part of that graphic. (laughs) why <laughs> yeah, are we do it's been a little while since we've gone by the numbers but um in the midst of all of the craziness that's gone on you know Omicron virus and and whatever outrage the media wants you to get into as of late um <clears throat> one bill that has not quite yet passed pat but looks likely to eventually pass build back better plan right Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, the way things are going. Now, what if I told you that you could receive $12,000 as part of this bill?
1: I would ask how and I would ask what the consequences are. Well, um,
3: both actually apply to this principle because you see. In order to build back better, we must incentivize change in, in habits,
1: right, Pat? It, okay, what kind of habits are we talking about here? I'm glad
3: you asked. Uh, it's the um, habit of gas guzzling consumerism.
1: Oh, so this is part of uh, Joe Biden's version of the Green New Deal is what you're saying.
3: It's actually in the Build Back Better bill
1: though. It's not in the uh infrastructure bill that was put. but but isn't isn't there a lot of stuff in the Build Back Better bill that 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 moves his climate agenda forward? You would be correct. Including this yeah. uh,
3: concept of the $12,000 electric vehicle. That's right. Huh? Mhm. Well, you see, um you can receive up to $12,000 for buying an electric car as part of the Build Back Better plan. The, yes, Pat, you want to know what the consequence of it is?
1: Well, no, I, I well, I, I, do, I do, I do. I actually do want to know that. But at the same time, I'm also thinking, um, do these cars cost $12,000 by chance?
3: Uh, no, you just get a
1: tax credit of $12,000. You fool. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that I have to go and trade in my truck for an electric car or truck or truck, and I only get $12,000 tax credited to me to do that when it's actually going to cost me probably. At least another 30 grand on top of that? And you're only gonna give me twelve.
3: The details, Pat, matter. <clears throat> okay. Um, because you asked about consequences, and there is a consequence. Oh, because boy. in order to receive your twelve thousand dollar full tax credit, mm-hmm. you get to purchase one vehicle and one vehicle only. Any guesses as to which electric vehicle you get to purchase?
1: I have a funny feeling it's not Tesla.
3: Yep, yep. In fact, you don't get a tax credit for purchasing a Tesla at all. Um, w- Why? They sell electric cars. I'm glad you asked because <clears throat> as part of Biden's plan to uh, reduce carbon emissions there is a provision which would provide a $7,500 tax rebate to any consumer who purchases an electric vehicle, including both all electric and plug-in hybrids. So uh, I shouldn't say that. You do get
1: $7,500
3: if you purchase a Tesla.
1: Wait a minute. (coughs) So I get $12,000 for any other... Electric vehicle that's not Tesla. No, 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 no,
3: no! You don't get twelve thousand dollars more. You just get so a seventy-five hundred dollar credit. What mm-hmm. if you purchase? Wait for it. <clears throat> your amount increases by another four thousand five hundred dollars, which would let's do the math at home. <clears throat> right, seventy-five hundred plus forty-five hundred. Gets you to twelve thousand dollars, right? Uh huh. Okay. <clears throat> Only if that car was manufactured in a unionized U.S. factory.
1: Oh, so this is what it's coming back down to: is the unions get some kickbacks, and because Tesla's not that, they don't get. A, you're not getting a kickback for it
3: now. You also get another $500 for a total of $12,500 if that same vehicle contains a U.S.-made battery. Now, Pat, I told you that there was one car and one car only that would get you the full amount. What car is that, Andrew Coppins? Take a wild guess as to what electric vehicle Qualifies for the entirety. Just take a wild guess.
1: Why do I have a funny feeling it's like Toyota? No.
3: Or something. It's a very general car that has a motor. Oh, General Motors? Mm hmm. GMC? It is the Chevy Bolt. That's right. If you want your twelve thousand five hundred dollar tax credit, you must purchase a Chevy Bolt, not Volt. Bolt with a B. No. Why not, Pat?
1: Um, because Tesla, first of all, makes a better car for in, as, in terms of an electric car. Um. Secondly, if I'm going to because I I, I actually drive a Chevy truck. Um if I'm going to um upgrade to an all-electric, I'm I'm gonna get an electric truck because I want a truck. Okay. Okay. Um the Chevy Bolt is a teeny tiny man car thieving. Use of a car, like it's it's. Are you sure that's not the Toyota Prius? Well, that that too, that 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 fits in that category as well. Which, by the
3: way, if I if seriously, Pat, I don't know about you, but Prius drivers are a
1: holes. Oh no, absolutely, yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Truth or fiction? Prius drivers are a holes. (laughs) Oh, that's that's absolutely (laughs) (laughs) true. Now. What is wrong besides it being a man card soul sucking uh, device?
1: I don't, they're not reliable, are they? No!
3: Because the Chevy Bolt has recently halted production. Wait for this bat. Because those made in the USA batteries catch on fire. In fact, there is a sign outside of our parking garage here in our building that says Chevy Bolt's not allowed in the uh, garage. Why, pray tell?
1: Because they catch on fire. So what you're really saying is is that um, no one in their right mind would ever buy a Chevy Bolt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, As this article points out, as a matter of fact, out of more than 50 EVs currently on the market, the only vehicles which currently qualify for the extra money are the two different variations of the Bolt. That's it. But if you wanted that bonus $4,500, right, beyond the $7,500 in electric vehicle credits, you are only going to have, <clears throat> wait for it, your choice of Ford, GM, or Stellantis, which is formerly Fiat and Chrysler. That's it. Well, so, no, no Kia, no Hyundai, no Volkswagen, no Mercedes. No, 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 even though Mercedes is a car. Right. BMW has uh, a bunch of electrics out there. Mm -hmm. No Tesla. No Toyota. No. uh, I think it's Revinia or whatever. It's the, the full on truck. Produced entirely, by the way, here in the state of Illinois. Not even that vehicle qualifies for the full amount. So
1: I have a question here. Are there going to be, and I would think that there would be, but I, I want to see what your thoughts are. Are there going to be unintended consequences in terms of economic consequences and actually competition driving comp- uh, consequences for these companies? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: what about it? I'm just saying, like, like to me, this seems like the government getting in the way of real competition and real economic, a a real economic driving force. Because then, because then, now, now, what is the incentive for any of these other companies that we can't buy from to get these so-called tax credits? What's the incentive for them to ever really, truly go full on electric?
3: Uh, the incentive is the pressure of government, right? The incentive oh. is the pressure of, well, if I want to, per, you know, if I want to be able to dogpile on top of all these credits, right, because now I can still sell the the car or the truck for 40000 $50,000, right? Still sell it. I'm not the one that's paying that tax credit.
1: See the problem there? Yeah, I see the problem. I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, like what are it's the. It's not really a problem, depending on what side of the,
2: the
3: equation you're on, right? Like, if you're, if you're on the side of Ford and GM and and um, or Stellantis, excuse me. I, I still, that's a. By the way, Pat, side sidebar, that is mm-hmm. the worst bleeping name for a car company I've ever heard. I, I've actually
1: never heard of it until this moment.
3: Yeah, it's the it's the new name of the combined fiat Chrysler. Like what the you hell is it? With a better name? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a break. Now, if you're on the side of that company or even let's say a Tesla or whatever, right? Because Tesla has used tax credits and all sorts of government money to really bolster their production and their value proposition, right? They've used it to their advantage in the past. But to these companies, I can charge $40,000 and I get the full $40,000 for the vehicle. You, the consumer, get $12,500 off of the uh, price of that vehicle, potentially, right? Or $12,000. I, as a company... Lose nothing in that.
1: Yeah, but we as a taxpayer do because that $12,000 is going to come out of our taxes, right? Right, right.
3: So the incentive is there for these companies to do what? Nothing. mm uh-uh. The or incentive our- is there for them to produce more and more of these vehicles because they're right. getting the full price. The consumer not paying the full price in the end. They're getting a $12,000 tax credit at the end of the year
1: i don't know i just feel like there's going to be some unintended consequences here somewhere right the has to be
3: (laughs) i shouldn't say unintended but the consequence of trying to do this is what is union jobs is to make and force these companies to unionize that's what the consequence of this is pat and that's why I wanted to use this as by the numbers, right? We're talking $12,500 of tax credits. And if you want your, if, if you're Toyota, if you're Kia, if you're Hyundai, if you're BMW, Mercedes, right? You're now $4,500 less attractive to the consumer. In your price of an EV, so how do you compete? How do you compete if you if if all things are equal, right? Most things are equal when it comes to pricing of electric vehicles today. They're somewhere between thirty to fifty thousand dollars, depending on the package, depending on is it an SUV, a car, whatever, right? Thirty to fifty thousand is a good range, right? Sure. The average is probably around thirty-five dollars to $40,000, right? Let's say you're going for that mid-level car, right? You're going to compete with the Tesla, the, the Model S, right? It's about $35,000 sure. to $40,000 at the baseline for a Model mm-hmm. S, okay? How do you compete with that? I charge the same price, but you get $12,000, If you get a Tesla, you only get $7,500 back. That Tesla is now $4,500 more expensive to the consumer at the end of the day. Mm. Tesla either has the options of unionizing their workforce to incentivize this full credit, right? Or discounting their price by $4,500. Or the third alternative is remarketing why they can they're worth an extra $4,500 in the consumer's
1: mind. Well, I mean, I'm already thinking like like in terms of a Tesla. Compared to a Chevy Bolt, I would rather spend an extra $4,500. Right, because, $4, because, because
3: of the value car. prop. But I'm talking right. apples to apples, right? Let's say you're comparing a Tesla to the the high-end offering from Ford, right? Let's say the Ford Mustang EV, right? Uh-huh the new, like, hybrid, um, it's not even an actual car, it's a, it's an SUV, right? Uh-huh. Okay, compare those two vehicles. They have a difference of $4,500. You as Tesla must do, again, one of three things, right? You either must lower your price by $4,500 to attract the same consumer, or you must be able to remarket your vehicle, and show your value proposition versus the competition. And that is consumer education. Or alternatively, and thirdly, you unionize your workforce and you qualify for that $4,500. Let me ask you this, Pat. Is unionizing your workforce, if you're Tesla or any other startup, um, electric vehicle company, If you're any of them, can you compete with that $4,500 per unit sold? And would it be worth it to you to unionize for that $4,500 extra? Because, yes, technically you are, as the company, are not receiving that $4,500, right? Right. But in the mind of the consumer... You're costing them $4,500. Right. Mm. Do you see what the government is attempting to do here and why this is part of by the numbers? Because you really have to start crunching numbers to understand, you know, because here's the other thing, right? Are you spending $4,500 in consumer education and marketing per unit sold? It Extra. Are you now going to have to spend that
1: $4,500 one way or the other? Yeah, they, I mean, they've they certainly got a decision to make. I mean, if, if I were to do this from a philosophical standpoint, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, and that's just because, like, you know, I honestly believe, like, hey, <laughs> the quality of my, my product is going to speak for itself, right? If I'm Tesla, that's what I would be relying on, and I would be marketing the hell out of that. On the other hand, you're right. You have to sit down and crunch the numbers. And I don't know what those numbers are going to look like for Tesla. It could be, hey, you know what? It's going to be worth it for us in the long run to unionize and take advantage of this. So that way we're not losing customers and we're still meeting our bottom line at the end of the day. You know, it it could come down to something as simple as that. It's crap that the government's putting them in this position. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, as a company, you know, you have a bottom line, right?
3: Yeah, I I don't know what the answer is to this. But what I do know is that this is the boot of government attempting to make a change rather than the consumer and the product producer continuing to evolve to make that change,
1: right? Which I could make the argument that that's been naturally happening for right years now right the issue with all of this for
3: me pat from a broader perspective away from the numbers away from well this is kind of a numbers thing how many electric vehicle charging stations do we have in this country the answer is not nearly enough no not enough not even close secondly have those charging stations and the the powers within the the vehicle changed enough for us to be able to Hop off the highway, grab a snack, and my vehicle is charged up. No. No. For the vast majority of these vehicles, if you if you're down to a let's say quarter power, right? Mm -hmm. It's gonna take you an hour. Hour and a half to charge these vehicles, unless you have a Tesla, right? And the Tesla fast charging stations. How many of those exist? Not nearly enough. enough. Now, here in Chicago, we're lucky because a lot of the uh, um, grocery stores in this area, especially uh, the chain that we call Mariano's, um, a lot of them have the Tesla fast charging stations there. So that's great. You can go get your groceries and by the time you come back out, your Tesla is fully charged. But we're asking people to give up vehicles that go. You know, from here to from Chicago to Green Bay, let's say, right, my hometown, I can go there and have about a quarter of a tank of gas left. I can't do that with most electric vehicles. I would need to stop somewhere and charge it up. It doesn't have the range to do that yet until we have the physical range or the ability to just quickly hop off the highway, charge the vehicle up and hop back on. We don't have the incentive for the consumer to make that switch. I would argue you actually need both. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And and we're getting there. We're getting there. The technology is getting there. But it's not but it quite time. there yet. Yeah,
1: It's, it's going to be another,
3: I would say, about five years before the technology in the car or the truck is there. Now, I will say this. The future of until that... Until that can happen as fast as you can, you know, put that nozzle into the, the the gas can and fill it up, until that happens, consumers will not make that switch. It's just the reality. Okay, so I don't know about you, Pat, but I've had enough of the boot of government down on my throat. I I don't
1: know about you. What? You don't like the boot of government on your throat?
3: No, I don't think anybody. Well, actually I take that back. Leftists enjoy it, but, but, but only, only on you, only on you. See,
1: because they're above you. So you you don't enjoy that. Weirdly. No, Pat. (laughs) But um,
3: let's get away from that because I think it's time for us to play a little game that we like to call the B or not the B. All right. Are you ready for today's headline?
1: Um, I'm about as ready as the Seattle Seahawks were to lose to the Washington football team last night, a.k.a. the Washington Redskins.
3: Yeah, the Redskins kicked the living tar out of them. Yeah, from what I saw, although Tyler oh. Hennicky didn't really have that great of a game. No, he did not. But that's neither here nor there. I, we, I only caught about, till about midway through the third quarter because we had uh, a Christmas tree lighting to go to here in Chicago, and it was fantastic. In well, some ways, in other ways, disheartening. Should we talk about that before we get into, uh, uh you know what? I'm going to save that for truth or fiction. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But today's headline for the B or not the B is Vox suggests renaming invasive species because it's offensive to bugs and plants. What? Vox suggests renaming invasive species because it's offensive to bugs and plants. Vox. Okay. I
1: thought uh-huh. you said Fox, and I'm like, okay. Fox. This, this Vox Vox. O okay. X.
3: Uh-huh. All right. So while you are thinking about that, um, may I suggest, humbly, if you'd like to support Mojo50 Radio, you can do so by going to Mojo50.com backslash donate. And I believe you still have time to get this by Christmas. You go to Mojo50.com backslash donate. Donate twenty five dollars and you get the official Mojo Five O Radio Christmas tree ornament to hang on your tree to show that you enjoy free speech. It's just that simple. Mojo Five O backslash donate twenty five dollar donation gets you a one of a kind, unique, only for this year Mojo Five O Radio Christmas tree ornament. Just saying. Not saying, I'm just saying. All right. That out of the way, Pat. Do you need the headline one more time?
1: Well, considering we clarified that it was a Vox, I'm going to go with not the B. Mm. Why? Because this is exactly something Vox would say.
3: Good thinking, because you are Correct. Vox suggests renaming invasive species because it's offensive to bugs and plants. This is literally a tweet. Invasive species is a nativist concept so ingrained in American consciousness that it's taken on a life of its own. At M Bolo reports. That's right. Invasive species aren't all bad and invasive. They're just misunderstood and it's probably all due to global warming anyway. From the article, for example, invasive invasives can be considered a threat not only uh, a threat not only by killing or outcompeting native species, but also by mating with them. To protect the genetic integrity of species, con- conservationists often go to extraordinary lengths to prevent animals from hybridizing. Environmental writer Emma Maris points out in her book, Wild Souls, Freedom and Flourishing in the Non-Human World, consider the effort in North Carolina to prevent coyotes from breeding with endangered red wolves, which bears uncomfortable parallels to Western preoccupations with racial purity that only recently went out of fashion. According to these wokesters, they are now invading the sciences, stopping coyotes, breeding with red wolves is the same thing as saying that interracial marriage is bad. That's what they're equating this to. If that isn't just a horribly racist grasping at straws, I don't know what is. I personally know a very well-respected horticulturist, so I asked him what he thought of this article. Here's what he said. Invasive species management is an incredibly complicated issue that should not be confused with race issues. This is simply another example of our woke culture making everything about us. Humans are all of the same species anyway, unlike all the other examples given. That's exactly right. There is no reason to make the scientific study of ecology about race or some other nonsense. This doesn't have anything at all to do with racism, white supremacy, or nationalism. But the woke worldview today totally skews everything to make it about race and sex and other ridiculous stuff. It is a mind virus. To paraphrase a certain former president, everything woke turns to crap.
1: I'm assuming you've seen the movie Billy Madison. Uh, at least once a quarter.
3: <laughs> since it came out.
1: Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, the scene where they're they're doing the uh, trivia, the debate, the debate, and and he he's having to explain business ethics and economics and all that sort of stuff at no point in your incoherent rambling. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going with this. That's exactly what this is.
2: People, when I say that, they wonder what I'm talking about.
3: What, what what in the absolute hell folks we have talked about this being pure evil what we are seeing in America today and what do i mean by pure evil i am talking about the work of the devil okay this is demonic now we're supposed to allow not just, let's say, um, breeding of one version of a red wolf with another, right? We're supposed to allow that. That that's, I get that, right? But now, uh-huh. you know, this actually reminds me of a, an early episode of South
1: Park, Pat. Oh, boy. The pig monkey episode? I mean, I never really watched South Park growing up, but... Uh, where they
3: literally... Where the, the science um, teacher attempts uh-huh. to crossbreed a monkey with a pig. 30 years ago, South Park handled this. What in the absolute... Has it been that long ago? I'm, I'm about to find out exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. It was also the <clears throat> four-assed monkey. But South Park's been on the air for over 30 years. Holy crap. 1997 was this episode. Okay, so not quite.
2: But still. And there was also a
3: man bear pig episode. And an elephant making love to a pig. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they they've handled this at least three different times. By the way. Which, by the way, is the fifth episode of the very first season of South Park. I was getting it, I was getting my uh, things mixed up. But an elephant and a pig together. So, it also 19- a four ass
1: monkey and also a <clears throat> man bear pig. This was 1997.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, this is basically 25 years ago yeah that, that's
3: the four ass monkey episode yes mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> an elephant making love to a pig aired September tenth 1997 same episode as a four ass monkey this was all about uh the doctor i think it was um um uh, what the heck was it um alphonse mefesto uh yeah. So we're supposed to allow
1: that to happen, Pat. That's normal and natural. But 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 Andrew Coppins, the science the science has changed. It's evolved since nineteen ninety seven.
3: Um, okay, sure. Someone also, not... which reminds me, go get Matt Walsh's new book. You didn't hear about that? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, man. So it's called Johnny the Walrus. Johnny the Walrus. Okay. Okay. Now I'm curious. Johnny is a little boy with a big imagination. One day, he pretends to be a big, scary dinosaur. The next day, he's a knight in shining armor or a playful puppy. But when the internet people find out Johnny likes to make-believe he is forced to make a decision between the little boy he is and the things he pretends to be. And he's not allowed to change his mind. That's right. Johnny the Walrus. This is a humor book on the take of transgenderism in prepubescent individuals. Johnny the Walrus, a tale of identity and imagination. We're there, Pat. We're there. Just, because we're supposed to allow a coyote, a coyote and a red wolf. These are not like this would be like us breeding with an actual chimpanzee. And that being perfectly no. <laughs> That's not normal. It's not natural. And we should stop it. But but hey. You know It's all about evolution, baby. That's not evolution. That is not evolution. I just
1: How? How is this How? Someone has way too much time on their hands to write an article like this. Let alone a First book. Freaking World. Mm-hmm.
3: No justice no peace let the co- let the coyote and red fox mate <laughs> i i don't know and what hey, would you, you call it today's title a coyote fox uh,
1: i mean that works too but i i you know let the 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 what the red wolf and the coyote mate
3: what do you get when a when you cross a coyote and a red wolf that's not a uh, joke. Uh, <laughs> I don't what know. A Red Coyote? In the absolute actual hell
1: is going on. I don't know. I don't know. And I I I stopped asking that question a while ago. Speaking of what in the absolute hell
3: is going on, Pat. Uh, um I'm going to bring you this truth or fiction. Joe Biden knows what variant we're on. And I'm going to play a video for you. Uh, I'm going to go
2: today. I want to take a few moments to talk about the new COVID variant first identified last week in Southern Africa. It's called the Omicron. It is the, uh, to their credit, the scientific community in South Africa quickly notified the world of the emergence of this new variant. This kind of transparency is to be encouraged and applauded, because it increases our ability to respond quickly to any new threats. And that's exactly what we did. The very day the World Health Organization identified the new variant, I took immediate steps to restrict travel from countries in Southern Africa. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, it cannot prevent it.
3: So, truth or fiction? Does he actually know what variant we're
1: on? Fiction, um, because um, wait, what? You I just, you learned just this myself said it, like ten times in forty seconds. I know. I, I I learned this myself. It's not Omicron because I called it Omicron. I think on my show over the weekend. So, and I learned quickly. It's not Omicron. There's no such word as Omicron. There's Omicron, but there's no Omicron. So, no, no, it, it, it it's totally fiction. He has no clue what this is. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada.
2: <clears throat>
1: it's O-M-I-C-R-O-N.
3: And yes, folks, if you go back to yesterday's episode, I screamed Omicron, right? If you didn't catch the joke, then... You weren't paying attention. It's Omicron. Omicron. That is the actual way to pronounce it. Omicron. O M I C R O N. Omicron. It's not Omnicron. There's no extra N. Brought to you by the person who believes that we should all take a booster. And Oh, by the way, Pat, did you see that news yesterday? In response to this, we're supposed to all get our booster shots.
2: Yeah, As, if, as a... if that
3: is going to work at all. Uh, Pat, I- I'm dead serious on this. Are these the dumbest people on the planet? Truth or fiction? Yeah,
1: you... You know what the definition of insanity is, right? Yeah, I'm
3: well aware of it.
1: yeah, they're not, but it's listening to the CDC. It's trying the same damn thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome.
3: No, it's just listening to the CDC.
1: Well that too. yeah, yeah
3: that I, I, seriously, folks what what point of the what is the point of the vaccination right is to allegedly um, make you less sick, so that you don't go to the hospital and you don't die, even though, hey Ben Shapiro, are you listening? even though the vast majority of cases of Delta have now, especially amongst the people that are dying have come from the people who are vaccinated. Because I don't know if you've listened to Ben Shapiro lately, Pat. He is thoroughly convinced that the vaccine, the vaccine is such a great, great thing because it allows you to not, to increase your chances of not going to the hospital and dying. And we've talked about this in the past, right? Your individual chances are up 87%, right? You have an 87% chance of not going to the hospital or dying, except for the fact that 77% in certain areas of the country that died of COVID or with COVID-19 were people that were vaccinated as of two months ago. Um, oops. The, those two things, while individually you might be able to say that you have a greater chance of protection, when you broaden it out, it suggests that no, our population, which is what matters, our population does not have a greater chance of surviving. Otherwise, your 87% chance would in, would also tell us on a broader sense, that you are protecting the broader society from dying at high rates. In order for that 87% personal protection rate to have been true, Pat, from a statistical analysis standpoint, what would also have to be true? That we're not seeing people do what? When we look at the stats of the people who are dying, the people who are going to the hospital, what would also have
1: to be true? Uh in terms of the in terms of the vaccinated.
3: So in terms of stats, if uh-huh. if we're supposed to believe that you have an 87% um efficacy in terms of your personal self, Ooh. right? Right. Not getting violently sick when in which you have to go to the hospital or you die. If if that personal protection is there, right? Uh huh. What would also have to then be true for that statement to hold true? From the broader perspective of the numbers that we see, these two things have to be congruent. And those two things are that, yes, if you have 87% protection, we also see a what? Decrease in the number of people dying. And more right. importantly, the percentage of the people that are dying are not the vaccinated. Right. That personal protection cannot yet. hold if, if, let's say we have a thousand people that are dying, right? Mm. Your personal protection cannot then tell us that 77% of that 1,000% are vaccinated that are dying. That's an impossibility for the first personal protection statement to be true. It doesn't work that way. Now, it could be true that we see a decrease in the overall death numbers, right? Right. But that's not what we were seeing with the Delta variant. We were seeing an increase in the number of people dying, an increase in the percentage of the population getting sick. When you take the look at the snapshot of August or September of 2021 versus August and September of 2020. There were more, not less. But we, but we also shouldn't have been scared by this. Why? Because the reality of the virus for the vast majority of people getting it, right? The numbers of people getting it were way, way higher than they were in 2020. So the percentage of people who got it versus the percentage of people dying was different. But if you want to listen to people like Ben Shapiro on this topic, go ahead. He doesn't know any of the stats. None. He couldn't He couldn't tell you anything specific. He just talks in general platitudes, and it drives me freaking crazy. Now, buttress this, Pat, with <clears throat> your big sister. I have a big sister. Her name is Jensaki. I have a big sister named Jensaki. You're Jensaki's little brother, right? Uh, you, said
1: you said that yesterday.
3: You said that yesterday. Uh, okay,
1: I may or may not have lied a little to get you, to get you to stop talking about a certain game that happened over the weekend.
3: Well, your your big sister said this what?
1: before Joe Biden was president. He <laughs> said that COVID travel restrictions on foreign
3: countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. So, what changed?
2: Well, I would say first to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called what he called the coronavirus uh, and and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of travel restrictions. We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did and putting in place these restrictions over the weekend
1: shut up peter let me tell you how it is peter so truth or
3: fiction joe biden called his travel restrictions xenophobic uh
1: his, his you mean as in by donald trump's travel restrictions Correct. xenophobic truth oh no fiction. that's 100 true 100 true um, I, I, in fact, I wish I could go back and find the tweet, but I I remember actually seeing that tweet, and it it oh, and in fact, I don't think he just called it xenophobic; I think he called it other things too. Well,
3: I'm if glad I you I'm glad you brought it up because I'm not sure that this is truth or fiction. Oh, do tell! I'm curious to what you're so. On February 1st, Joe Biden tweeted the day after Trump announced the travel restrictions. Biden tweeted, we are in the midst of a crisis with the coronavirus. We need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, or xenophobia, and fear-mongering. He's the worst possible person to lead our country through a global health emergency. But Biden didn't explicitly, according to PolitiFact ties xenophobia to the travel restriction what what else what actually this is the problem right Mm -hmm.
2: what
3: what prompted him
1: to say this right so i guess you could have an honest debate on this either way but but still but here's the kicker as Mm. to maybe this
3: actually is truth not fiction because in March of that same year, about a month, month and a half, if you will. Use the word xenophobic. In the first one, Biden was criticizing Trump for labeling coronavirus a foreign virus. In the second, it's not clear whether Biden's use of the word was in direct reference to the travel restriction. Because... <clears throat> Earlier in the day, the Trump campaign tweeted that Democrats and news outlets were accusing President Trump of racism and xenophobia for his use of the phrase, the China virus. On March 18th, Trump tweeted, I always treated the China virus very seriously and have done a very good job from the beginning, including my very early decision to close the borders from China against the wishes of almost all. Many lives were saved. The fake news narrative, a new narrative, is disgraceful and false. Biden replied via Twitter, uh, t- Twitter, Twitter, stop the xenophobic fear-mongering, be honest, take responsibility, do your job. I'm pretty sure this was in response to him using the term China virus. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't like the use of the, that, that term. It, technically, it would be the, the Wuhan virus, right? right? If we're, if we're going by the nomenclature that we've always used. For instance, Pat, why is the state of Connecticut, or more importantly, Lyme, Connecticut, Um, not suing the ever-loving crap out of the world right now? Isn't that where Lyme disease kind of originated? Bingo! That's where Lyme's disease comes from. It was first found in Lyme. So I have a very large problem. With this, this uh, um assertion that um he's not calling these travel restrictions xenophobic. The timing of these things, he's they're trying to tie it all together. The travel restrictions, the use of the word China virus, they're trying to they were trying at the time to tie it all together in this nice little package of xenophobia, right? He's he's a xenophobe, xenophobe, however you want to pronounce it. Hmm you can't on one hand make that claim and, and claim that mantle and then decide to do this travel restriction and furthermore what good would this travel restriction do if the virus is already here and we know it to already be here now we haven't seen an official designation of it but we know
1: we know it drives me
3: bonkers but on that note pat your final thoughts
1: don't get lost wherever you are no means no and let's go Brandon.
3: Please be smart, be safe, be kind, and as always, Matthew 547.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.